Oil prices were down again overnight after fresh data showed Europe's economy is slowing sharply. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, Brian Martin talks about why the European Central Bank is likely to hold for the first time in 11 meetings on Thursday night. The inflation backdrop in Europe has improved significantly in recent months. The PMI data and indeed the harder economic data has been pointing to subtrend economic activity. But first in 5 and 5 with ANZ. Number one, oil was the main mover on global markets overnight, falling another 2% to well under 90 US dollars a barrel. That was after global PMI surveys, purchasing manager index surveys, showed factories in Europe fell even deeper into contractionary territory in October. That would mean less demand for oil. The International Energy Agency also reiterated in its flagship annual Energy Outlook report, it saw demand for oil peaking before the end of the decade. That's a first for the IEA. Number two, global stock markets and bond markets were volatile again overnight. The US 10-year Treasury yield traded as high as 4.88% overnight and was around 4.84% around 5 o'clock in the morning Australian time. That's flat from the close the previous day. We remember we had this wild swing in the 10-year yield between 5.02% and 5.83% after news a couple of big short positions were abandoned. The S&P 500 has been slightly up for most of the trading session, but is sagging a bit in late trade. The Aussie dollar, it wobbled around 63.50 US cents overnight, while the Kiwi dollar is around 58.40 US cents. Number three, the Reserve Bank of Australia's new governor, Michelle Bullock, gave her first official speech as governor last night in Sydney, just after seven o'clock. Her comments were reported as quite hawkish on the potential to raise the cash rate again, potentially as early as next month, from its current level of 4.1%. Have a listen for yourself. Here's Michelle Bullock in her speech from last night in Sydney. Our focus does remain on bringing inflation back to target within a reasonable time frame while keeping employment growing. It's possible that this can be done with the cash rate at its current level, but there are risks that could see inflation return to target more slowly than currently forecast. And the board won't hesitate to raise the cash rate further if there's a material upward revision to the outlook for inflation. Michelle Bullock there saying the board will not hesitate to raise rates if they need to. Number four, also in the news overnight, the Bank of Japan intervened again to buy Japanese government bonds to slow the rise in its 10-year yield. Remember, the Bank of Japan has a yield curve control policy that limits the 10-year to no more than 1%. It rose as high as 0.868% yesterday before the Bank of Japan intervened to buy about $2 billion worth of shorter-term bonds. It eventually closed at 0.847%. Number five, Australian consumers are feeling just a little bit more confident in the ANZ Roy Morgan Consumer Confidence Survey this week. Here's ANZ Australia Senior Economist Adelaide Timbrell. 
The ANZ Roy Morgan Consumer Confidence Index is still very weak, but it did rise a little last week. The time to buy household item index was at its strongest since early June, perhaps due to some discounting in the retail sector. While inflation expectations jumped to their highest level since June, perhaps due to elevated petrol prices, confidence among outright homeowners is generally trending down, whereas those paying off their homes while the weakest cohort for confidence is generally rising. Adelaide Timberlair. In today's bonus deep dive interview, ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, explains why the European Central Bank is expected to stop hiking on Thursday night. That will be the first meeting in 11 meetings that they haven't raised benchmark interest rates. My assessment is that the inflation backdrop in Europe has improved significantly in recent months. The PMI data and indeed the harder economic data has been pointing to subtrend economic activity. And both of those, given that they seem to be happening simultaneously, raise my confidence that the improvement we're seeing in inflation is sustainable. And I therefore think that the ECB can keep interest rates on hold. And uh, how long do you think they will be able to or have to keep it up there before they can start cutting? They may be in a position to start cutting in the second quarter of next year. Uh, We've had five months of 0.2% core HICP on average. Uh, That to me is signalling that we are beginning to see a persistent convergence in inflation towards target. But the ECB will be worried about a few things. It will be worried that geopolitical tensions could lead to an escalation in energy costs. And if that were to feed through into higher wages, then could inflation re-accelerate and become more persistent? So they're going to want to see really how that plays out. I think they'll also want to get through the winter period. I think they really need to embed in the market that they're very serious about getting inflation down. So I can't see the conditions really for a rate cut, both from a data perspective, uh, from a risk management perspective, really emerging uh, much before Easter next year. And the differences between European growth, particularly, you know, manufacturing production versus what's happening in the United States, I get the sense that Europe isn't quite coming out of the COVID period and with quite the underlying strengths that we've seen in the United States. That's correct. The downturn in European manufacturing has been very pronounced recently. Germany and northern Italy and France, they're the three big manufacturing hubs that we have in Europe. There's manufacturing elsewhere, but you know, if we just uh, narrow it down to that at the moment, Italy and Germany particularly dependent on um, gas in the past. So again, the energy transition has been a big factor in manufacturing weakness. Uh, But Europe also trades uh, closely with China and the slow recovery in China I think has impacted European trade uh, with China and Asia as a whole and I think that has helped slow down economic growth. But also, you know, Europe's had real difficulties facing the crisis in the Ukraine uh, with the war that's been going on there, which has damaged confidence, disrupted supply chains. So there's a whole combination of factors that have contributed to why Europe has probably underperformed the US manufacturing recovery. 
And just finally on the ECB, uh, um, uh, how will it um, adjust its quantitative uh, uh, easing into tightening um, after, after this? W- what's the story there with its balance sheet management? Well, at the moment it is running down some of its holdings, but not its pandemic emergency purchases, or what is known as the PEP, P-E-P-P. Uh, they are being fully reinvested, and the guidance is that that will continue until late 2024. My sense is, though, that there's growing pressure at the ECB to reduce the size of the balance sheet because it is very large by historic standards. They need to take it down. So I think if there is to be a bias to continuing to tighten monetary policy, the focus will now be on reducing PEP balances earlier than has been indicated. And I would have thought that that will probably be discussed at this ECB meeting. Brian Martin there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Wednesday, October the 25th. Catch you tomorrow with the latest from today's key Australian inflation data. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.